0: hands were being put on me it was getting heavier and heavier I didn't know if it was the anointing (laughs) or or, or hands it is a privilege to be able to share here um, uh, it's a special place for many of you as you know and 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 for Lindley and I to be able to come in here um, to be accepted so quickly Sort of a little bit, I said to Lindley this morning even that, that Amy wants to bring me into the, the home groups or the, the the hubs a little bit and I'm thinking there's people that have been here much longer than myself and I wonder, I, I was feeling a little bit uncomfortable with it because um, I didn't want to, there to be a people thinking, oh they're mum and, mum and dad to Amy and Rachel, that's why they're being asked to step up a little bit and so on so actually I was going to disappear this afternoon I was like I was going to go to a restaurant and just have my own lunch I didn't know she was going to say this that uh, we <laughs> I've been invited in it's still a journey we're not quite sure what that looks like yet but um we're just going to be available being a mum and dad we we're enjoying the season of being mum and dad I, I've run churches and I know the pressure of running a church constantly to be in Brad and Lisa's shoes, I don't particularly want to be there again. If God happened to call us for a season to do that, maybe that would be different. But I'm enjoying just floating in here on a Sunday morning, and um, just being part of the pre-service prayer. And as I said this morning to the worship team, I love getting amongst the worship team and just praying over them and messing them up. If I, you know, it's just it's my mischievous part. But there is a seriousness there as well, uh, just to see God release. Good stuff. So it's a bri- very much a privilege. The work's been done for, m- for Lily and myself just to come in and be a part of you and for your love towards us, acceptance towards us. We appreciate that. Um, I've said to Brad and Lisa and Amy and Rach, hey, we don't want to bring any pressure whatsoever into your decision-making and stuff like that. So we've purposely kept ourselves back, not because we think we've got anything to to add or... You know, they're doing a great job. Don't really need us. But if we can be a mum and dad around, we're, we're happy to be that. So uh, we're not looking for position or place. I've, I've done that enough. And um, I still have a role to play in our mission. I've got another year at least um, traveling back and forth to Africa and the Middle East with World Outreach and overseeing that whole uh, transition there as well. So it's one of the reasons why we actually haven't been able to offer ourselves too much because we're just not quite sure what our future looks. So what? We're in transition still into Australia and still into the church here. So when Brad spoke two weeks ago, I think it was, um, I think I might have been thinking about this before then. I can't remember. But I remember part of the sermon when he s- spoke away well, the illustration of a woman being in labor and getting to that point of transition just before the birth where everything kind of changes. You can be a bit tired. Uh, I, I haven't been in that place, not being a woman, obviously. Um, you know, but I've been present at, at the birth of each of my children. I won't tell you about Amy's birth. No. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I probably wouldn't have noticed that. I wouldn't have known about that at all, to honestly, probably even if I was told about it. But it is something that it just struck with me when Brad mentioned it. There's that point of all, going all this way, and then there's this, do I want to go further or not? You know, is that point of transition, of preparing the baby to come, and then finally the push out into that. And it stuck with me. And so I spoke to Brad last Sunday. I said, I had this me- message running around inside of me and I don't know whether to mention it to you um, of transition. And because we've been through another major transition, I'll, I'll tell you about that in a moment. And um and they said he said yeah I'm going to be away chat to Amy and Rich. I only got to Amy actually and just left it. I thought well I don't want to push myself in here. Maybe it's not the right season to share this. Um, maybe next year would be better or something like that. So um, then Amy and, and Rachel and the team had met, I think, on Thursday, and that's when they said, would you just share that message and so on. So what is transition anyway? Um, how do we handle it? How do we go through it? Is it good or bad? Is it a, is it a biblical term? It's not actually a biz- biblical word, but I believe it's a biblical ter- uh, process that we can go through and so on. Um, Maybe you're a little bit like me. I'm going to be a little bit open here. I'm already in a transition into Australia, into this beautiful church, into this place and we're going to move. Another transition on top of a transition. Give me a break. Now I'll just just be honest here because this is probably some of the stuff that's going on inside of us and one of the reasons I want to share today is that, do I have the strength to move from here to another church? I've maybe you've moved from a church already, you've just got here, and now they're saying we're moving again. Give me a break. <laughs> you know, and that could be something that's going on. And I understand it, and it's God understands it as well. And so I want to speak into that today, uh, into your world and so on. Now, my experience about transition, I probably didn't know what it meant very much at all. I'm talking about a spiritual transition or even a physical one, until um, we hit 2008. When we left Botswana, we'd been there 25 years in cross-cultural ministry. We were tired, um, nearing burnout, didn't realize that. And we left Botswana to go home to New Zealand just for a few months to return to South Africa and, and reestablish ourselves there. But it actually became a two-year journey in New Zealand. And then, uh, then the transition into South Africa. But what happened, it was actually for me, probably a little bit more rougher than for Lindley. Um, I was probably a bit more near burnout than her. We were prepared in a way, but we were unprepared for what actually happened. I had an identity crisis. Now, that was one of the things that really bore into that time, made it quite painful at times, is because I had to leave everything that I was behind. And I didn't realize that this would happen. I was a pastor of a church, senior pastor. I, I laid that down. I was the leader of uh, of, the, of our work as a mission in Africa. I had to lay that down, not knowing whether I'd get it back again. It did come back two years later. Um, so I r- it was into this period of time when I, la- I was on the uh, steering committee for our mission as well. I also stepped back from that. So all of these wonderful senior positions I was in, I enjoyed the buzz of that. All of a sudden... I actually laid them down. I thought it was the right thing. But then I came up with this thought, who am I? I'm not a pastor anymore. I'm still a missionary, but I'm not really involved. I'm not a leader anymore. And um, because we decided to stay on in, in New Zealand for several reasons, um, I didn't know if and when we'd even go back to the mission field. So everything that I was was kind of stripped out. And so I had an identity crisis. With that, there came grief. I didn't even know what that was, um, and it w- didn't last long, because fortunately, I'd been through a, a little bit of a, a, we'd went through a one-week um, period of time in New Zealand at a, a retreat, and they went through grief, and I took all the notes on it, and thinking, oh, that's very interesting. About two months later, I was going through this pain, and I was reading through these notes, and I thought, oh, it's that, and that, and that. Oh, this is grief. Ah, good grief. <laughs> uh, no. But funny enough, the moment I knew what it was, it just fell off me. The pain of it just actually fell off. That was that was a strange thing. And I never, that aspect of it didn't continue with me. But there was a, that uncertain future and so on. And even when we went back to South Africa, I think it was part of the burnout and everything, there was an, periods or se- times of anxiety. And I even went through a minor area of, of depression. I never knew what that was. So these were all the spin-offs of my transition so transition can be 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 rough and yet other times it can be very good it's it's there's no one there's no one pattern that fits the whole thing except some principles so i just want to share a little bit about i believe there was uh, there has been a maturity there's you guys some of you have blessed me by the way very honoring place here you know you're a dad here and we just like having you around and so on And i'm thinking well what am i but probably having been on a journey for a long time and come through some stuff, it's very easy for me to identify with you if you're going through something, if you know what I mean. I know the feeling, I know what you're going through to a certain extent, and it's easy for me just to stand with my hand on your shoulder and pray of you because I've been there. And maybe that, if nothing else, it's that that's really a blessing afterwards. Not good when you're going through it. So... So transition can be unpredictable in its effects. It can be unpredictable in its length and can dish up some surprises for you. Okay, like I didn't know that I was going to go through burnout, grief, anxiety, depression. All of those things were not on my calendar. And so there can be those. I don't want to speak that over you. It's not necessary that that will happen in this church's time of transition as we go ahead. But I just wanted to share that story more from the point of view that the outcome and the surprises that may come along may be a little different from what you expect. But if that happens, you're in a place to say, okay, this is normal, okay? If things do go upside down in our transition from here to the physical new building and even beyond that, it's normal, okay? You're not a sinner, (laughs) if you know what I mean. It's quite normal to have some reactions about, I don't want to leave that place. I'd rather just stay here. Thank you very much. That's normal. I- it's part of the process and so on. So so as a definition, it's not transitional, transition personal training. <laughs> Actually, Rach, can you just help me a little bit? Because there's a reason why you called it transition. So what was that? Okay, transition from the lifestyle that they were in into a healthier place. That could almost be our definition of what transition will actually bring if you have a good attitude towards it and run with it. In Webster's, I've got two dictionary uh, definitions here which really helped a lot. The Webster uh, dictionary says the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. That's good. Now, the Cambridge one, the uh, the English Cambridge one, has got something a little bit more to which helps me. It says a change from one form or type to another or the process by which this happens. Okay, The change from one form or type to another or the process by which this happens. So, there's two elements in transition. I think the second definition really does help me. It speaks of one change and secondly, the process. So it's two different things that are involved in transition. There's a change, like for example, if we talk about uh, here going from paradox here to paradox there, uh, where we're moving to in Divers, There's a change of location, for example. There's going to be a change in building. It's probably a change in atmosphere. You know, one of the things I don't want to miss out on is the well. You know, I've come. I, I don't normally stand in the front here, but a couple of times during those burning nights, burning ones, nights, whatever they are, I've come and stood in the front here and I'm thinking, what have I stepped into? I said, no wonder you guys call it the well. But, you know, I'm believing, though, that the next well is actually going to be a river. So that helps with our transition, doesn't it? But who likes change? I've heard somebody say, change is here to stay. (laughs) Change is here to stay. It's a paradox in itself, isn't it? Um, <laughs> we don't like change because when you've come into a place of security like this, maybe for or, or, or wherever that may be, there is that sense of security, of trust. that's going to be the same. And that is good for us in the seasons when we need that. But God also needs that we need to mature and move on. So there's going to be change, but there's the process. So transition is the process Of getting us through the change okay transition is probably the word that we can use is the process that gets us from here to there in a good state (laughs) amen not losing it on the way so the purpose of this message today is to open up this whole aspect of transition not to be fearful of it to understand it a little bit more um, to get some hand grips some handholds on it so as you go through these next few months um, you'll say okay I kind of understand what's happening a little bit. At least it's normal. At least this is part of the process. It's okay. Some tips on the way. Now, I said transition is not a biblical word, and it's not, but it is a biblical principle. And I've picked out um, probably one of the big logical ones from the Old Testament as an example. That is the, the children of Israel going from Egypt to Canaan. That was big, wasn't it? Amen. Going from slave ship into the promised land. Okay, going from being in a place where you're a slave to somebody else to being in a place where you're to reach out and take the promised land by faith. There's a huge change there. So this change in that particular one, was there a process? In fact, I've I've found three, three stages of the process which will help us again, which gives us different pictures of what transition can be like. And the first one is the Red Sea crossing. I could have gone a bit earlier than this, but crossing of the Red Sea. Remember Moses standing there with uh, the rod? And um, (laughs) just to try to give you a picture, you know, I was there. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, just to give you the history, what was happening is that God said he moved them up and down a little bit, and then eventually he, he brought them to the Red Sea so that the Egyptians would follow them. So they were hemmed in by the Egyptian army behind and by the sea in front. Not a good place to be in in some ways. In the natural, when you look at that, that is not good. It's a bad place to be in. But with God, God is in control. And actually the three stages I'm going to show you today, it's one of the things that came very evident to me as I began to study this, that God was totally, totally in control here. Enemy behind the sea in front. And it may, may look like it's not in control. It might like feel like things are out of control. Actually, this morning I had a little picture in um, our pre service prayer meeting and I saw a top spinning, you know, like boys sometimes used to. I don't see it so much these days, but those tops that you can spin. But it was a little bit out of balance. And that was part of our prayer meeting this morning. Is if any of you are kind of feeling, even now, a little bit out of balance, not centered in on God, we prayed over you this morning. just want to encourage you on that. And so this is what was happening here. They were coming to the Red Sea, and things looked like they were out of control, out of balance, not centered in on God. But God said, no, 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 this is completely in control. And the result of that was as, as Moses obeyed God and he struck the rod on the water, the sea opened up. The children of Israel passed through as on dry land, but the enemy was... Hello? The enemy drowned. So the enemy was destroyed. So this is one of the pictures of transition. I think some enemies that we may still have hanging around are going to be drowned on the way. Hallelujah. Thanks. He's (laughs) excited. He he went like this. (laughs) Hallelujah. Some enemies are going to be drowned on the way. God wants to bring some destruction of some enemy strongholds, which which may still be hanging on at this point. Amen? So that's just the picture I got out of the first one. God was in control. It was supernatural. God knew what he was doing, and the enemy was completely destroyed. The horse and the rider were thrown into the sea. And that speaks of the flesh and so many other things, if you want to go into that, by the way. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm getting excited myself. Maybe I can leave here after all and i won't be crying on the last day <laughs> i'm leaving the well behind <laughs> I'm just as well i'm leaving it behind amen <laughs> hallelujah the second transitional stage shall we say was the 40 years in the wilderness They crossed through um, delivered by the from the enemy and then they began their desert wanderings and, the, and, and that covers four books of the Bible, Exodus, Levit- Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And what should have been 40 days became 40 years. Because technically speaking, they could have gone through in 40 days and gone into the promised land. Now, it doesn't necessarily s- explicitly say that that was God's intention, but I think it was there. If they had responded correctly and properly, I think it's possible that they could have gone into the promised land in 40 days. But it cost them 40 years. Anybody feel like you're still wandering around in the wilderness? Here's some hope here. You can shorten the process. You can shorten the process. Let's see how. Okay. Their problem was their attitude, basically. In fact, there was only two who made it from Egypt into the promised land. Only two of them out of two or three million. Joshua and Caleb. And it was their attitude that got them right in to the promised land. Their aspect of faith, we can go in, we can take the enemy. um, What God has spoken can happen. Just simply their attitude was, we can do this. It's not going to be easy. And they did actually get into the promised land. Hallelujah. Forty years later, but Caleb was still taking his mountain, wasn't he? At the age of 80, 90 years old, give me my mountain. Amen. And he was still strong. The Bible says he was still strong. And he took his mountain. So let's talk about the um, the wilderness. We can dictate how long we want to stay in the wilderness. But it's still very, I want to encourage you, if you're in the wilderness and you kind of feel like, I don't even know which way out of here. There was supernatural protection there was a cloud by day and a l- fire by night hallelujah wouldn't you like to live in that sort of environment i i, I love reading the old testament stories i mean y- you think of this the the, the 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 red sea crossing for example just the supernatural of that and, and people will try to explain that away you can't just a wall there a wall there and you walk through there's a fish going that way that was the first aquarium by the way dolphins look kids (laughs) so (laughs) i must get back to this okay so there was protection there was provision there was that daily manner that came down that sustained them you could be in your tent and just put your hand out the door in the morning and go like this and you had breakfast it was so wonderful but do you want to stay in that state like that God has more than that. Supernatural as it was, amazing as it was, they had problems and that was the season of God dealing with mumbling, complaining, lack of faith that says they went around the mountain several times. Of course, none of you have ever done that. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. It's a choice, isn't it? If you face up to God and say, God, uh, it's painful. I don't want to go through this, but I don't want to go through it again either. So, yeah. Right, let's get this over and done with. Can we have some divine surgery here, please? Um, Yes, I'll stop complaining about the leeks and the onions that were in the pots of Egypt and all of those sort of things. I'll shut my mouth and let's just get on with this. So God designs the wilderness for us to go through and come out the other side. So wilderness experiences are there. They will come and go. But you can stay in them a little bit too long if you like. It is the wilderness was the place of death. Stuff died. They died, for example. They all died. That whole generation had to die. The new generation was born and then it came through. So that new life could come. So there's a transition which is kind of not pleasant. I don't like talking about wilderness times. I don't want to go into the wilderness. Anybody here want to go in the wilderness? It's, f- it's fine having that. Yes, you can have that cloud by day and fire by night and all that, but I'm living in a tent the whole time and I have to carry the blimmin' thing. No, I want to go through this because there's a promise of, of, of new land somewhere. I've seen it. It's been told to me n- many times. There's a promise out there. This is not the promise. This is a temporary place. And so there may be a little bit of a wilderness feeling as you do go through this set period of time. You may be in a wilderness already, but I just want to encourage you that you will come through. But let's look at the third one, which is the Jordan River crossing. It's in a ch- totally different season, I suppose, in a sense. Uh, Moses had died, as it said in chapter 1 of Joshua, a- and, and Joshua had taken over. And it's amazing promises there. We don't need really have time to go into those. But let's look at the, 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 this particular situation. All the, t- all the, all the old c- mumblers had died. or the old mumbling had died. Hello? The complaining had died. Nobody says amen. <laughs> you could say, ouch. <laughs> but there was a barrier to cross. It's interesting. You know, there's a promise, but there's a barrier. What are you going to do about it? Well, listen to the Lord. And he gave directions very clearly to Joshua about what to do. He said, the priests must pick up the Ark of the Covenant and, and go to the river. And as they went to the river, as they put their foot in, so many kilometers up the stream, there was a landslide, apparently. History even shows it now. There was a landslide blocked off the river. They stood in the middle of the river. The one, so many million people walked through as on dry land again and went into the promised land. The priests then walked out of the river and the water began to flow. Who's in control here? The right day, the right minute, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You look at your life sometimes, you say, God's not in control. He is in control. Totally. He may not be in charge. That's for us to take hold of things. Ooh, it's quiet. (laughs) I've only learned this just recently. I used to say, God's in charge of everything. It's not absolutely necessary, but He is certainly in control of everything. And He wants to give us, your kingdom come, your will be done down here. You take charge. You, you, You take responsibility for your decision making. You... Walk with God. You, you, could, you can, you can ke- have your heart open to God this morning during the worship or you can close off. It's your decision. My decision. Sorry, I don't want to condemn you there. It's us in this thing. Amen. But there was a barrier there. And so it was by faith that the priests even took the presence of God. Hallelujah. Look at that example. The priests amongst us, the praying people, those that have been carrying the burdens for a while, taking the presence of God, just go with them. Go with the, go with the intercessors. Go with those that are praying through stuff and you don't have the strength. Just grab one of them. Here's one. Come here, Ali, please. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to embarrass you. I know you have. No, no <laughs> Grab somebody like this. And just let them go ahead and go with them. Grab hold of their strength. <laughs> She's looking for somebody to take her ahead, I know. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's where it is. Thank you, Ali. I don't want to embarrass you. But the, the prayers, the people, the priests, those that are already up and ministering, run with them. Go with them. They got they're carrying the presence of God, which you don't understand properly yet, but you want it more and more. Go with them. They will take you across the river into Your promised land. Again, it's an obedience aspect. It's got to be a desire. You have to get up. You have to let go of the old to go into the new. God's promises are in the, the land. It's interesting that we're actually having a physical change of... Uh, of I mean, I, w- I never thought about these when I started preparing this. It just came up as I was going through. We are going into a new place. And I think there's many promises that have not been fulfilled in your lives that are going to happen, begin to happen as you go towards and become situated there. Some of those promises of old which haven't happened, I believe God's going to unfold them and be begin to let you walk in them by faith. By faith, the new, the new land the going across the Jordan into the promised land, Canaan, was a land of faith. Hello, not too many <laughs> years. <laughs> just faith is just believing God and being obedient. You know, Jesus just said to the disciples right from the start, Follow me. That's, that's all you have to do. What did he say to John at the end? When, sorry, Peter, when he was restoring him, he said, Follow me. Don't worry about John and the others. Follow me. Just follow Jesus. Faith will come out by itself. Amen. Just, it's simple. Simple. Discipleship is simple. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. But there was a faith to be exercised. You know, as, as they took Jericho, what were they told to do? Seven days, don't say a thing. On the seventh day, seven times, and then one shout, the whole thing fell down. Go figure. Amen. I, I it's a big test to shut your mouth up for 7 days when you're so used to saying in the name of Jesus. So in the promised land there's going to be some things that God's going to say is a little bit different, do it differently, just obey, just do it and the enemy citadels will fall down one by one. You know cuz they made a mistake when they went to the city of Ai, I think it was called Ai. They did it like the last time, and they got chased, and they lost some of their people. Each conquest was different. It was led by God in a totally different way. It's a land of hearing from the Lord and walking in His provision, walking in, a, in His will, walking in His word, and just going with what He says. It's going to be scary at times, but it's fun. I remember in a being in a prayer meeting once. This is years and years ago. And... Um, I can remember uh, imagining what it was like just getting across the promised land and going into um, into the promised land and I was imagining myself as being a soldier and running around and taking out the enemy. It was exciting i still r- I just remembered that i'd forgotten that for years, but it's just exciting taking new ground that God has got for us. There were certain areas of the country which were given to the tribes, for example, and they had to take that land themselves and uh, and so on so i, I mean if you have more time uh, we could go through some of the principles involved there but it's a faith aspect the last transition in a sense or this particular transition was a faith one God's leading is integral it's a daily thing everything was provided for The houses were built the crops were growing they just had to go get them isn't that amazing about the promised land amen and they took it step by step. So God kept the enemy still building and growing crops for you until the day it was time to take that one. Isn't that m- amazing? Hey, eh? You don't have to plant anything. I, I know in consecutive years you would do. I understand that. But the promised land, everything was provided. The houses, the crops. Haven't you ever thought of this? It's promised land. Everything's there. Just go get it. how do I get you excited about this? (laughs) Just thinking about it, aren't you? This is not the way I've thought of it. Yes, it's there. Just go get it. See, the enemy has got your stuff. If you look at it just in the natural world around you, the enemy's got your stuff. Now I know, name it, claim it, frame it. You have to be a little bit careful, but there's some truth in that. Hello? So, it's a faith journey it's not easy at times but it's fun what's the next thing that's mine out there you know let's go get it so all that you're going through now the sorting out of stuff in your in your hearts this this journey which we will continue on is to get you to the point where you believe God for stuff that you would never thought you could believe God for hello the impossible Because God is the God of the impossible. What's impossible with man is not with God. For with God, all things, not some things, are possible. And that needs to be restored into our hearts and our lives. So we do have to leave the old, the security, the order, the control, the predictable of the wilderness to get into the new. We have to leave that behind. The day that they went into the promised land, the manna, was it the day after? The manna stopped coming down. They ate Off the land that they hadn't planted. Now, how that's worked out in our lives and in your your work and your. I have no idea. That's not my problem. Hallelujah. That's God's problem. But all of these three stages have a supernatural aspect to it, but very different, isn't it? You know, you think of the the Red Sea crossing. Then there's a supernatural aspect in the wilderness. Then there's a supernatural aspect of crossing into and taking over the promised land that God has for you. It's all supernatural God is in control he's leading us so these are the key thoughts here let go of the old because God's promises are in the new land and they cannot be fulfilled in the old that's interesting even though this has been good I don't want to leave here honestly I don't want to leave here this is fun to walk in here, I've been in ministry for years. To walk in here and feel the presence of God so easy and you stand there and it happens. That does not happen many places, I'm telling you. Hello? So that's been built. That's been built out of sacrifice and tears, fasting and prayer. We walk in, it's wonderful. We've got to leave this? Hey, the new must be better because why would God take us into something that's worse? Is that my God? Is that your God? So in looking to the new, which I don't even know what it looks like yet. I've been there, but I haven't looked inside. As far as a physical building is concerned in the spiritual aspect, I don't know what it's like except it's going to be fun. Amen. Yeah. So just as an application, as a wrap this thing up. It could be a little bumpy for you or for myself getting there. There's probably some... Yeah, I'll use the example that I used from my first transition, those two years in New Zealand. And when we were coming here, I realized I'm in for another transition. So the one thing, yeah, I can say it, it's safe here. The one thing that I said to a few people, I don't know what's going to come along and bite me in the bum. What I mean by that is I there's probably some surprises, but I don't know what they are. But being forewarned is forearmed. So when the surprises come along, Oh, this is part of the journey. All right, I'll process this. I need some help. Come and help me. Pray, whatever. Get through it. Amen? Right. So use transition as a friend, not as an enemy. In other words, you can lean into transition and say, you're going to take me through this. You're a process. It's going to end somewhere. I don't know when. But you're going to take me through, and it is going to be good because God is in control. I trust him. So therefore, transition, you're going to help me through. I mean, you can talk to it as a personality if you like. You might think I'm nuts, but it's okay. It helps me, and I'm still okay at 65, and I'll probably be okay further on. So transition, you're going to help me through. We're going to get through this. Lean into certain things. Lean into the process. It's going to help you through. Lean into our hubs, for example. Lean into those things which are going to go with us, our our life groups and so on. Lean into the community. There's a great community here. I'm so accepted here as a person from outside. Lean into the heart journey that you've begun. Don't Don't back off on that. It's key. Lean into the word of God and God himself. Those are things which are just normal, I know, but don't stop it. Just lean into it and go for it we are on we are doing this together yeah. Yeah. amen yeah. hallelujah